to a new season of your favorite Bible study group, Discipleship Bible Study Group, in which we review the topics of the day and see how they apply to our lives as Christians. In this particular podcast, we look at this from several point of views, from the Bible, from the Word, what it says, as well as science and technology and sometimes astronomy. So uh, sit in, strap in. I'm, in. I'm one of your hosts, Brother Rob. And introduce yourself, Brother Fred. Welcome back. Hello, hello, hello out there. And each week for each, se each season that we do, we uh, create episodes where we look at very different topics going on in the news and sometimes pick on topics that are just going on in terms of personal development of people's lives and people's journeys. And with us, we have a special guest, uh, Sister Michelle. Sister Michelle, say hello. Hello, everyone. And with that, I'm going to pass it on to Brother Fred, who's going to tell us about today's topic. Woo. With everything that's going on in the world, listener, I mean, we, we could pretty much throw uh, a rock into the air and let it land anywhere it's going to land and pick that topic. And that's what we're going to talk about. But more specifically, God put on my uh, conscience this morning to talk about marijuana. And that's a subject that I never really thought I and we needed to broach as the church. But uh, there's a lot of things going on with that today in the world that Satan is trying to promote. So God said, talk about it. <laughs> so we're going to talk about it. Uh, what's interesting is uh, THC, marijuana, pot, whatever you want to call it, um, pretty much affects every family in our country. Um, also, if, if not directly, indirectly, if you're not a user yourself, someone in your family, you know someone personally that's a user, whether it be medicinal, medicinal or personal. Both are on the rise for many different reasons. We're going to go into the history of THC. We're going to go into why the U.S. banned it. Uh, is it profitable? The profitability of THC. Then we're going to go into uh, the future, some of the side effects. And then the most important part is we're going to talk about what the Bible says about drugs. The Bible doesn't mention specifically THC, but what it does mention makes it quite crystal clear God's stance on any sort of devices, guises, drugs, alcohol, or anything that can uh, keep you away from God. So. With that being said, um, you know, I, I want to open up a uh, discussion with the two of you first before we go into it as to what are your feelings on your personal feelings on marijuana, THC use? Well, I'll go first. Um, I personally grew up during the Say No to Drugs era, and that influenced me in a sense of giving me somewhat of a default thinking on marijuana use. Um, in general, I've I've been against it, but not for the traditional reasons. I think people have the right to to pursue whatever they want to do in terms of their use, you know, in terms of what they put in their bodies. But for me, uh, being a person of African-American descent, um, the impact it had on the Black community made me something that was, um, it just gave me a stance where I didn't see it as a positive thing in the way that um, people who maybe don't deal with the same issues that the Black community do. Um, it, it's, a, you know, somewhat of a privilege to be able to view it only as a medical issue or a rec recreational use issue. But within the Black community, you have your professions with the legal system and the penitentiary system, as well as, you know, it, it being labeled somewhat as a gateway to other drugs, which, you know, I, I somewhat believe that. Um, but overall, <clears throat> I feel that if we're going to decriminalize it first, uh, I think there needs to be wide decriminalize or wide pardons or wide commute censuses for the uh, thousands of black men and women who have been incarcerated under those drugs. From a point of view of simply using it in your personal choice, um, I personally don't see anything wrong with it. Um, however, personally, I still wouldn't use it. I feel that's from what I've heard, it just basically puts you in a disadvantage of not being in control fully of your cognitive 
process and could have a detrimental effect on some decisions that you may need to make. But however, you know, there are stories out there, people using it and saying that it's a claim, you know, it's helped them with their medical situations. And, and I, you know, I'm sympathetic to that. So, you know, I would not necessarily say that um, I'm against it in terms of it being used, but I don't necessarily see it as a positive thing. And I, I like the answers that you gave. And, you know, when, when uh, listening, when brother Rob opened up, he mentioned, you know, some of the methods that the DBSG use to support, uh, not really support because the Bible alone stands alone. It doesn't need anything to support it. But for people who don't believe in the Bible, we use those uh, materials, support materials that he mentioned uh, to include psychology, science, astronomy, uh, all of the above to uh, get get the listener, the the non-believer, a better understanding of God's word. And based on my research, because one of the things I like to do is is look up facts, because nothing stands more clear than honest, open facts. And everything that I researched on this topic, you basically hit the nail on the head as to why it was banned, where it's going, um, how people look at it as a whole. So it's, it, I think, you know, listener, you're going to enjoy hearing some of these facts and then how we correlate everything through how God feels about it. So, Sister Michelle, how do you feel or think about the usage of marijuana in this country? It's a 50-50 for me. It does has its advantages medical-wise, but it also, a lot of people do choose to use it recreationally. So, you know, I'm 50-50. I'm not 100% against it. I'm not 100% for it. Um, I know a lot of people that have used it. I see the difference in personality characteristics. You know, some people use it just for to mellow out, you know, but there's always a downside to it. You know, marijuana is a plant, but the construction of it has been changed so much to fit the need of, I'll just say it plain and simple, to fit the need of the government. The government has to make money on something that is so profitable. You know, it's illegal in some places, it's not illegal in some places, but at the end of the day, they stand to gain from it. So, you know, yeah, you get in trouble, you ride around with it. Not the best way to use it by being out and about because, you know, that put, puts people's lives in jeopardy, your own and others. So, you know, it's pretty much 50-50 for me. Okay, and I, I really respect your honesty because you're a pastor and you're honest enough to say 50-50 because God knows your heart. You can't come on here as a pastor knowing that God knows your heart and say, you know what, this is, we shouldn't be doing this because God is against it and the Bible says blah, blah, blah. You, you gave your honest feelings about it. And, and, and I think that's how um, it's caught on uh, in yeah. the world so easily. <laughs> Yeah, right. but you know, you know, okay, everybody has their opinions about marijuana, which they're entitled to, but what is the difference between the marijuana and the pharmaceuticals? What's, what's the difference? Because somebody say, hey, okay, if you have a headache, you can take a Tylenol. Is Tylenol not addictive? Does Tylenol not distort the body in some shape, form, or fashion? Or, I mean, it gives you a long list of things that could possibly happen, you know? So what is the difference? Because they say, hey, this is okay to take. Or even, even better example would be like fentanyl. You know, there's so many people yeah. or, or other pain relievers that people get yeah. hooked on. So I, I totally agree with you with that. And those are manufactured products where right. 
you know, we, we talked about it earlier when I was talking to you, Sister Michelle, that any idiot that, that could put light and water and keep a proper temperature can grow <laughs> grow a weed. Because that's all it basically right. is. When you say yeah. weed, people say they use the term loosely, weed. But it is a weed. It's a weed it's like a, you would see in your yard <laughs> that you're I trying mean, to kill, technically, right? <laughs> technically. But your neighbor be like, wait a minute. I'll take care of your yard for you. And I'm like, why, why do you want to come take care of my yard all of a sudden? Because it's full of marijuana weeds. That's why. <laughs> technically, technically, is a plant. Right. How does it grow? From a seed. From a seed. From a seed. How does the quote unquote legit medicines, how are they put together? You know, so like I said, it has its ups and it has its downsides too. Right. But the pharmaceutical companies make millions off of drugs. Millions? Try billions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, I was just, right? you know, I was just given a large number when I said millions, <laughs> but you know, we all know the facts. Right. We all know the facts. And when you get to talking about their medications, you know, that's something that they're going to fight. You know, but everything has its proportions. You know, that's no different. You know, this a bit of my personal business, but that's okay. I don't mind because of the discussion that we're in. I have sickle cell. My entire life, when I go to the, when I have a crisis and I go to the hospital, they give me morphine. So morphine takes you out of your mind. It, may, it hits your body, you feel it go in, you feel it all the way down to the bottom of your feet, then back to the top of your head. You are out of it. You have no idea where you are. You cannot function. You cannot do anything but go straight to sleep until it wears off. That leaves you like in a, a comatose state. You don't know what's going on around you. You don't know who's bothering you. You don't know anything. Marijuana has a different type of effect. It slows you down. It does. And that's a lot of times what people do. They slow it down so they can relax. They can, you know, um, some people do it because they probably have a, a problem with eating. It helps them to eat. So there are many uses for it. But a lot of people use it for whatever their personal reasons is for using it. So. You know, it's it's fifty fifty. You can't you can't go any other any other way with it other than fifty fifty. And let's look at the history of THC because very few people know how it came about into our country. So the earliest evidence that I found was from the um, Pamir Mountains in western uh, China, around. Uh, <laughs> There was a, a 2,500 year old tombs. Research, uh, researchers discovered uh, THC residue inside the burners of charred pipes uh, that were used for uh, funerary rites. So, you know, some scholars had argued that the cannabis was an important ingredient in of Soma, a uh, ritual drink concocted by the Vedic Indo Aryans of Northern India. So it was in India as well. Uh, described in the uh, Rig Bhagda, a collection of ancient uh, Sanskrit hymns. The soma was made uh, by extracting juice from an unknown plant. When taken in small doses, that soma was reported to induce a feeling of euphoria. Of course, in higher doses, though, it caused people to see hallucinations and lose their sense of time. So they probably were mixing it with other things, some other mm -hmm. psychedelics, right? Magic mushrooms or, uh, you know, some other things. But skipping forward, recreational smoking became popular after the ninth century uh, AD in the Middle East and Western Asia. Then Islam caught on to it, even though in the Quran it says it forbade them the consumption of alcohol and various other intoxicating substances. But um, some Muslim stoners, the Quran did not say anything about weed, so they brought it in. And but their thing was hashish. Then skipping forward again from the 9th century to the 16th century, uh, cannabis arrived in the new world. And uh, the sole purpose though, was making ropes. So they were using the cannabis root to make ropes. 
And Americans did not start smoking weed until about 100 years ago when Mexican, this is what I found very interesting, when Mexican immigrants entered the country to seek refuge from the Mexican Revolution. And what the US government did, uh, at first they turned a blind eye on the harmless multicultural age-old practice, but that changed during the Great Depression when Washington redirected the anger of unemployed workers to, to the Mexican brethren. So after a millennia of peaceful, peaceful consumption, cannabis was suddenly decried or decreed as an evil weed. And in 1937, the US became the first country in the world to criminalize cannabis on the national level. So you may ask yourself, why did they ban it, right? Why would you wanna ban it? Well, what they did is, <laughs> The demonization of the cannabis plant was an extension of the demonization of the Mexican immigrants, right? They use that as an effort to control and keep tabs on these new citizens in El Paso, Texas. So they, you know, in San Francisco, they did something similar when they outlawed opium uh, decades earlier to control Chinese immigrants El Paso barred a page from their playbook and said, you know what? They brought marijuana here. They, they're the main users of it. So we're going to declare marijuana as being illegal so that we can use that as an excuse to get them out of our country. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, and it's been very successful up until um, 1990, the, the mid 90s. They had a, a Marijuana Tax Act of 1937 which effectively banned its sale and use. They had other iterations of that that they used and they basically made it, they, it made the class one or whatever they called it, schedule one class one drug list, putting it up there with opium, uh, amphetamines, you name it, coke, whatever. It was at, and I have never ever seen anybody high on marijuana or heard about it committing any major crime ever. And I've never heard of it. Nobody has ever smoked marijuana and went out and robbed a bank, went out and committed any mass shootings, threw somebody off of a balcony. I mean, at the most, you, you're going to raid somebody's refrigerator. So maybe you got into a fight with your friend because he smoked too much and didn't, didn't want to share the food with you. I don't know. But what, what's your take on uh, uh, some of the stuff I just, information I just gave you? What do you think? I think it's interesting. I mean, what you're seeing today is that, you know, they're charging people with um, driving under the influence in terms of, uh, but you're not hearing a lot of it, but you are seeing where they're saying, you know, some people, I guess that they're already smoking or high in addition to whatever it is they're doing when they're getting in trouble. Now they're using the marijuana as a factor in terms of why they're committing what they did. But overall, I think drugs have always been, uh, uh, it's been a sign of what our society or people who control it view as, what is available to, you know, people who have access to wealth and those who don't, you know, if you basically just smoking weed, you're most likely not the richest person in terms of in mass. <clears throat> Whereas the other drugs that do take, that do take a little bit more money to get and are popular among wealthy people, um, the punishment is not as severe. You know, you caught with cocaine, you, you want to be caught with cocaine more than you want to be caught with weed. And that's been the situation up until recently, but to me, it, it, I think your your description of the history of it certainly illustrated really what drug enforcement was about. It was not about the drugs. It was about using the drugs to control the people who are using them. So at the, so at the end of the day, it's still that 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. <laughs> Conversation's <laughs> over. <laughs> Right? I think I think what makes but I think what makes it fifty fifty two is the form of it, you know, because you got, you know, when it's just rolled up or you know, however it's traditionally recreationally smoked, versus if you know people who are using it for medicinal purposes are extracting the juice and putting it into certain things, and you know, again, you 
it's the same pro you know it's the same plant but it's being used in so many different ways yeah it's hard to be not it's hard not to be 50 50 on it i think that's a perfect description for me right uh, it's hard to be you know 100 for or against it and there's about five to ten different uh, derivatives of thc that's used all over right and, and for different purposes. And quite a few of those, most of the majority of those are medical. And it's pretty interesting. You know, I've always been a firm believer that, and, you know, I was telling this to a family member who's a, uh, who likes to smoke THC and, and he's a child of God. And, you know, my, my response to him was, or take on it was, well, because he did mention medicinal, medicinal purposes. And I said, well, you also enjoy it, but if, if you have enough faith in God, he can heal your body. You don't need to smoke no marijuana. But for the world at large, if they don't have the faith, if they can't allow, if they won't allow God to step in and, and, and heal them, then I can see them going in that route. And who knows? Maybe God himself may say, hey, it's okay to do this for whatever reasons, because Remember, God puts us in some interesting places and spaces so that we can witness to people. And I wouldn't be comfortable walking into a drug house and talking about God. And if you walked into one of those, you would probably get chased out of there because they don't want to hear that. But what better person to talk to them than a person who loves to get high, who's found God, who can walk in amongst them and say, hey, remember me? Last week I was here getting high. Now I found Jesus. So let me share Jesus with you. But let me hit that blunt first, you know, <laughs> and God works that way. You know, it, not everybody is going to come to church, put on a nice suit and sit down and hear the gospel. Missionaries go all over the world. And. What's interesting is we always think of a missionary as that person who gets on an airplane and flies over to Africa and sits down with a lot of African people who don't have the means to uh, have an education like what we have here in America and knowledge and computers and this and that and minister to those people. But I also look at it differently. Those, you know, those people also go into these poor neighborhoods here in America. They go into those drug houses. They go into these other places and do the things that most of us don't want to do. They do the, the dirty work of God, as we like to call it. So amen to them. Is, is, is THC profitable, though? I always felt, um, uh, family, that THC, the reason why they banned it in America is because they couldn't make money off of it because anybody can grow it. It's sort of like prohibition, right? They tried to put a lid on it and say, you can't sell alcohol in these little half houses and stuff like that because you're putting our bars out of, out of business and we can't control it and make money off of it. I always felt it was that, that sort of thing. But based on what I just read you, that wasn't their sole purpose or main reason as to why they banned it. But you're talking about, wow, some of the, first I'm going to talk about some of the key findings before I give you the actual amount of money <laughs> that this whole market is worth. Here's some stats about uh, cannabis use. 50% of cannabis users have increased their consumption since the pandemic, 50%. Cannabis sales to female customers increased by 55%. Weed sales reached 25 billion in 2021. 44% of Americans now have access to legal recreational cannabis. That's almost half. 91% of adults want to legalize weed. That's almost everybody. That's your 50 50, right, uh, Sister Michelle? Mm -hmm. Mergers and acquisitions of MSOs nearly doubled uh, from 2020 to 2021. Cannabis industry now supports 428,059 jobs. I don't know how they quantified that, but that's half a million jobs is a lot. Nearly half of US adults have tried cannabis. 50% of cannabis consumers have increased their consumption since the start of the pandemic. I wonder why. <laughs> you, got, you have nothing better to do, right? And you're stressed out and you don't, 
you're at home working and everybody's getting sick. You got people dying around you. You're like fearful because every time you turn the TV, you got some Fauci or somebody else throwing this information at you and it's scaring you senseless. So you say, let's get high. <laughs> you, have to listen. you have to listen to this. Let's go get stoned. Um, 22% of Americans age 18 to 25 use marijuana in the past month. Uh, looking at data from early 20 to, to late 2021, a headset group found that uh, sales to female customers increased by 55%. On the flip side, sales to male customers increased only by 49%. So there's more women getting high today than there are men. In a uh, 2020 Gallup poll, they found that 48% of Republicans and 83% of Democrats favored legalizing marijuana, showing that recreational legalization at the state level. In Republican-dominated states, still has a way to go, but between 2018 and 2020, Republican support for legalization decreased from 53% to 48% while Democrat support jumped from 71 to 83. I can guarantee you one thing, as far as their number goes, with the age group, I can guarantee you that's not accurate because kids are, is they're getting younger and younger. <clears throat> I work in the public and I'm here to tell you where I work, I see kids every day and they come in the building smelling like it. You see it in their eyes. You can't help but to recognize it because it's so strong. It's like they just put it out before they stepped in the door. <laughs> it's in their clothes, <laughs> it's in their hair. When I tell you, it makes you run away. It makes you run away because it is so strong. That's why I said, you know, the, the marijuana that they have out right now, way different from the marijuana they had out a while back. And you don't know, with, with them actually selling it, you know, as a form of medicine or even recreational, you don't know what they're doing with it. You don't know. It has changed. It has evolved you know, to a point where you can't even stand the smell of it, at least for me, and I can only speak for me, but I can't even stand the smell of it because my sense of smell is like the heightening of all my senses. So my nose burns and I'm wearing a mask. So if I'm wearing a mask and my nose is on fire, that means I'm running the other direction. I agree with you. The smell of it just... I, you know, I, I told one of my coworkers the other day, every time I smell it, I just want to go punch the smoker in the face. It just, you know, it just it, upsets me. I, I don't, I just, it, it, it annoys me. It's an annoying. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't upset me, but something that, that overpowers your sense of smell so strongly, that's like walking into a perfume shop and everybody being spraying the fragrances, you know, <laughs> so you getting like a cross contamination of, all these different fragrances coming at you at one time and all you can do is run. So, you know, you can't mistake it. You definitely can't mistake it. And the kids are using it. The parents probably don't know. Parents probably do know, but the kids are using it and there is no stopping them. There's no stopping them. But what annoys me is what I, I call them, and we're not talking about a recreational smoker, because a recreational smoker, you know, some somebody that is just smokes once a week, once every three or four days, they're not going to light up in their car. They're not going to make sure they come into work smelling like it. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about those chronic smokers, and I guess that's why they call it the chronic, right? Those chronic mm -hmm. smokers that have to light up every day or their day is not gonna go right. Right. I call them marijuana vampires because whenever one has some weed, the rest of them flock around them so they can get their piece of it too. <laughs> and when you look at them, they look like, they look, that's what they look like. They look like a, a bunch of vampires sinking down onto a body, just sucking out the blood out. It's just, 
It's just crazy. They don't even realize how, how they look. To me, that's how they look. Just think about somebody, one of your friends or something. You tell them, hey, I'm finna lie, I'm finna twist one up. And they live on the other <laughs> side of town. It might take them 30 minutes. Imagine how fast they can get to you. <laughs> <laughs> 10 minutes plus commercials, right? <laughs> can you guys see my screen? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and if you look at my screen, uh, unfortunately, uh, listener, you can't see my screen. It's, it's a map of the United States. And I just uh, mentioned the stats uh, I just read to you. And the majority of the Republican states are using it for medicinal use, the majority, where the majority of the Democratic states are using it for recreational slash slash medical. And then what's interesting <laughs> is there's, you know, there's probably 10 states and these 10 states are definitely um, Republican states, the 90% of them looking at this map here, none. So they 100%, don't- 100%. <laughs> yeah. And so what does that mean? None. They don't they don't have anybody. You got Texas on here. None. No, they, they don't. They still prohibit it. Because it's that whole it's that um, it's that is literally a gray area. This is the correct color because, you know, the federal federal law still bans it. That's still the policy. But on the state level, you know, some do, some don't. And some haven't changed one bit. And those grays, the ones that are in gray, there's about 10 states, like you said, or 11, I believe. Those right. Are all they just, you know, their stance, they agree with the federal government. Basically. But we know they're getting high. <laughs> <Those people. laughs> but, Republicans and Democrats alike are getting high. Come but, on. <laughs> but but list, but look at those stats though. You said 59% is Republican states, right? And they're using it for medical purposes, right? Right. You believe that? Nope. <laughs> That's what it says. I don't believe you know, it. You <laughs> know, I mean, come on now. And then the Democratic is both. Come on now. No, 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 no. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you like this. And this is something that I've experienced myself. You know, okay. Being in the medical field, you go to the doctor, you talk to the doctor, the doctor's there for your benefit, right? The nurses are there for your benefit, right? right? Right. But what if I told you, I know a nurse that buys weed on a regular basis. Would you want that nurse making no. sure you in good health? No. <laughs> What's wrong I'm with sure, a happy sure nurse? <laughs> What's wrong with a happy nurse? She can give you the wrong diet um, prescription. I mean, my point, point, my point is yeah. this. My point is this. If you work in the medical field and you yourself get high, how safe am I? Yeah. So or if you're a police officer or if you're an airline pilot, Mm -hmm. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And you're trying to tell me that the chronic marijuana users are only those lower end blue collar workers. Right. Please. Right. And the whole point is they can afford to buy more of it. And they do. <laughs> so, you know, the stats. I don't trust the stats that that is just, you know, somebody that didn't have anything to do to talk about those stats, especially when it comes to that age group, because that's totally not accurate by the age of 18. They're not digging deep enough from what I see. So, you know, those are merely their opinions. The same as this is merely my opinion, you know, but I can base it off of what I see and what I see their numbers are wrong. So we'll we'll take those stats, listener, with a grain of salt. But 
we know that it's on the rise in this country because all you have to do is look around you, <laughs> right? If, if most of the states, if half of America is legalizing it, whether it be to uh, combat chronic pain that you're having or even for recreational use, it's still on the rise in this country. And we all can agree on that one. Now, as far as the future of THC, the cannabis market is, of course, is thriving and it is pretty much expected to do so. In uh, 2022, the market was worth 20.5 billion and it's expected to rise to 90, 90.4 billion by 2026. And based on what Sister Michelle just said, you listener, you probably could pump that 90.4 easily into 115, $120 billion. And that's just THC. That's not even talking about the other illegal drugs that are out there. And some states have even legalized some of the hard drugs. What's the state that legalized? I think it was heroin. Was it? I can't remember which one. I don't want to throw that state under the bus. In case, listener, you're from one of those states, but it's a state in the union, in the U.S., that legalized, I believe it was heroin. So, and I'm going, seriously? I'm in the medical field. What moronic leadership in that state would want to legalize heroin or whatever it was they legalized? You know, there's some debate on both sides of marijuana, and it's naturally growing. We mentioned that, and um, some of the THC side effects, I'm going to mention in a second, none of those immediate side effects are going to kill you, make you uncomfortable. It ain't going to kill you. So I no. get it. 50, 50. Yeah. <laughs> the more 50, addicts 50. there are, the more addicts they create. <laughs> right. I think, I think part of that effort to decriminalize or to legalize heroin was more of a decriminalization effort than I think a uh, endorsement of heroin. Um, you're talking about Oregon, basically, and they, um, the, but they decrim- they decriminalized a whole bunch of drugs, like just across the. I think what they were really saying is we need to rethink what we're criminalizing, in terms of or how we're criminalizing, um, how we are punishing people for having these drugs rather than so much whether or not the drug is bad. I think everybody agrees the drug is bad, but I do think there's been a big conversation about how people are punished for it. And that's kind of, um, I mean, they took, what they did is they um, they took kind of a really broad stroke in their approach where they just said, you know, we're going to start over again. <laughs> they basically wiped out the punishment. Whereas, you know, everybody else is just looking back at the punishments and changing them here and there. But, so if yeah, you do heroin I, now, they're just going to say, you know what? Put that down. Give me that. We're going to destroy it for you. You go and get back to work. Here's your little $250 fine you pay on the way out. Just take it easy and go seek some treatment and you'll be okay. I mean, is that what we're, is that the broad stroke that? I think, I think there's a focus on, I think there's a focus on recovery and helping the person rather than, right. I think the whole criminalization system thing was that if we threaten you with jail, you're going to stay away from these. Right. And, but I guess if you're in a sense, if you're already using heroin, probably jail is not enough to make you not use it, you know? Or at least you could probably get heroin in the jail. <laughs> Yeah, like, right? You can. Like, Anything that's on the streets, you can get into. If you're already, if you're already on heroin, <laughs> yeah, if you're already on heroin, I don't know what can help you except the rehab program. You know, you're not going to be scared. I don't think when you're on heroin, I don't think there's anything that's going to scare you away from heroin. And, if they, and I think that's what they were looking at. If they truly, if they truly want to see people in good spirit, in good health, not on drugs, all of that. All of the money that they're making on this marijuana sale, why not put that into treatments to help people? Why not put that money into opening up more places where people can get help with addictions and give them the necessary tools that they need? You know, they're making all of these money off of it, but But they've been, you know, that's been part of the discussion, you know, where where will all this tax money that they're charging and making money off of it? How is it going to be redistributed, you know? Because what Sister that's Michelle just proposed is only $10 billion. What, what happens to the other $110 billion? Right. <laughs> okay. exactly. who, 
where's that money already, going? <laughs> they've, they've already been making money off of it. So what have they done that's provable that they've done with that money to actually help the people that are addicted? Yeah. Well, you, you definitely have to change the flow of where the money goes. Because right yeah. now, technically, we do a bunch of billionaires. <laughs> to the Johnsons, to the, I guess, formerly the Sackler family, until they got in trouble. And, you know, all the other families that own the, you know, these big um, pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. Well, THC side effects, and this is probably one of the reasons other than uh, the, the wonderful feeling of euphoria. I mean, there's no major THC side effects for a, just a general user, right? Cot, drier cotton mouth, well, you drink a little bit of water, drink a brewski, they'll take care of that. Dry eyes and itchy eyes, get a little visine, headaches and dizziness, sleepiness, anxiety and uh, paranoia. And the paranoia is affiliated with people who are already naturally having paranoia, paranoid episodes, uh, medical issues, right? Um, Short-term THC side effects from cannabis. Of course, it passes through the lungs and it, falls, it, it flows into the bloodstream as the whole body consumes the THC. It could alter the functioning of the brain. We know that. It's definitely killing some brain cells. That's your euphoria. Mm -hmm. In short-term usage, the THC may potentially cause impairment of memory and movement and temporary hallucination. It could also distort body senses and mood. It may likewise lead to complications in capacity to think and solve problems. Delusional behavior and psychosis may also happen when the THC consumption is extremely large, which leads to the long-term effects. Long-term effects, physical, Difficulty in breathing can be uh, a major side effect that could lead to lung infections. The heart rate may also increase after long time usage of smoking cannabis. It could lead to heart attacks. Uh, moreover, when taken during pregnancy, THC side effects can lead to unfavorable development of the child. Um, studies show it is risky for the development of a fetus in terms of the brain and behavior. Even when mothers are breastfeeding, the THC will reach the babies upon breastfeeding, which can cause damage to the development of his brain and function. Mental, THC side effects, mentally long-term can cause serious damage to the mental aspect of humans. I already mentioned hallucinization and paranoid behavior. When a person has mental disorders, it could make the condition worse and may even lead to suicidal behavior. The apparent manifestation of anxiety and depression are not excluded from long-term effects. Personal, it may sound surprising to think that THC can affect a person's life, but it does. According to research, there's a certain strain of cannabis that is composed of THC compounds that may cause lethargic behavior and tend to be more, un, uh, more unmotivated. With this, it could indirectly affect personal life, for instance, poor satisfaction of life, a decrease of physical and mental health, and the occurrence of problems in relationships. So, Sister Michelle, that may be what uh, you were alluding to. That may be the THC that's being sold today because there's, there's different uh, leaves. In my research, I found that there's different leaves that they sell. Uh, the one that the main one that they're selling is, is the most, is the strongest because that's the one everybody wants. But what some people are moving to is the other less potent leaf that gives you a smoother, mellower high, if you will, but it doesn't have all the um, side effects for those chronic smokers, those people who like to smoke it all the time. Well, see, you know, the it, it affects you just the same as other medicines. That's the way I see it from my, that's my opinion. You know, the difference is the majority of people who do use it, they're in a lower income bracket. So you may have a job that does random drug testing. And if you smoke, guess what? You're going to lose your job. 
it affects you know (laughs) so you know we go back to that that same point of 50 50 because if i could be on morphine my entire life my entire life from a child to now what effects do you think that morphine has had on my life because i can give you a whole list of it and it is nothing compared to what I've heard from the stats of marijuana. Effects. I'm sure it's not even close. It's not even close. Did you so, guys know that Elon Musk smoked a doobie on some show he was on? I think it was one of those talk shows. Yeah, and it was Joe Rogan. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> the government contacted him and said, uh, Sir, you 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 really can't. You shouldn't be doing that because you know we got all these uh, government highly top secret contracts and information you're privy to, and that's just not a good thing to do. And he basically told them to stay in their lane, and they basically said, "Excuse us, uh, sorry about that, sir. We didn't want to upset you, but you know, you just can you calm that down a little bit?" So yeah, <laughs> there, there's a lot of people rich and poor who feel that um, it's, it's the thing to do. But we are believers in Jesus. We are believers in God. We are, we believe in Yeshua HaMashiach, the Christ. So what does the Bible say about drugs? And what's interesting is there is no direct scripture, even though Uh, marijuana and other drugs have been around since the beginning of time. There is no specific scripture that directly points to marijuana. Matter of fact, the scriptures I'm going to read you sort of support it in a way, even though in other scriptures I'm going to read you, it basically says, so here we go. Genesis 129. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with it, with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. That's Genesis 1.29. Uh, Genesis 9.3 says, every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I give you the green plants, I give you everything. Woo, okay. Now I'm gonna read you some scriptures where it talks, it sort of says, nah, I don't think so. First Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. For you were bought with a price. So glory God in your body. That's heavy duty right there. First Thessalonians 5, 6. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Sober. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Verse 19 says, now the works of the flesh, works of the flesh is highlighted, are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. 20 says idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. 21 says envyings, murders, drunkenness, highlighted, revelings, and such like, and such like is highlighted. Of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in the time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit. The kingdom of God is highlighted. So the point is the works of the flesh, including drunkenness and such like, it are sins. By adding such like, it, Scripture just widened our understanding of what is and what is not acceptable to God. Pretty interesting. What do you guys, uh, what's your take? Well, I think it kind of leaves a great area because you'll have people 
And I mean, I've heard arguments where they're really strongly advocating a medicinal use of it. You'll hear some people say like they had like Parkinson's or ASL and that, you know, they took all the medicines in the world that are sold and made for billions of dollars and got the results. And then they, you know, smoked some weed or had access to it and they were cured of whatever the symptoms were of their uncurable disease. And so I think it comes back to, I guess, what's the intention that you're using it for? And maybe it could be that, you know, are we assuming that anyone who's in possession of any form of weed is using it for a recreational purpose? You know, regardless, whoever uses it is going to get a recreational benefit out of it. But, you know, the, you know, is God, when when that when God is judging that person at the gates, you know, is, are they going to be able to at least get a pass if they're using it just for medicinal purposes and not? It's very interesting. Um, it's a very inter- interesting dilemma that that brings up. So, um, but the scriptures are very clear, though. You know, using it for recreational use doesn't sound so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, you drink not until drunkenness. The Bible, that's what the Bible says. And of course, that's the same thing with drugs. If, if you're using it for medicinal purposes, I know people, I know certain cancers that they use it for, which definitely yeah. takes the edge off of the pain. And there's a lot of people, I could sit up here and say all I want to, that the Bible says, no, you shouldn't use it at all. But I'm not dying of cancer. My body's not being destroyed and ravaged by cancer. And if you ever, if you ever saw or knew someone who was, you you look at what it does to their body. It it it's hell on earth in your body. So who am I to say, well, you can't take the edge off of your pain by smoking a doobie every now and then? I, I wouldn't do that. I really wouldn't. And I think I personally feel that God would forgive them, and He would be okay with them having some use to help minimize the pain. That doesn't mean that they lack faith. That doesn't mean that, you know, sometimes God will allow you to go through pain and not heal you, even though you beg to be healed, even though you may have the faith to be healed. He may still allow you to go through that because he has other reasons why he's allowing you to feel that pain and go through that disease process is to help others around you to help them understand things about him. So it's always a variety of things and reasons why we do things or not do things or God condones and what he doesn't condone. What do you think, Sister Michelle? It takes me right back to that (laughs) (laughs) 50-50. I knew that was coming, (laughs) but I had to hear it again. (laughs) You, You know it because like I stated before, Morphine, I know the effects of it. Marijuana, I know the effects of it. And if I had to choose between morphine and marijuana, I would want to choose marijuana because morphine puts you in a state of where you cannot function at all. So I would prefer to be in a state of where I am aware I do have a degree of alertness. I would prefer to be in that state versus the state of non-existent, pretty much. So it would still be, for me, 50-50. And on the point of... On the point of the Bible, Jesus himself did turn water into wine. He did. Marijuana is stemmed from a plant. That's a fact we all know. So it turns right back around to the usage. You know, it's been plenty of times in my younger years where I would ask God, what did I do in my life so bad to the point where I would have to suffer with sickle cell? What did I do? What did I do as a child to have to suffer this much pain? What did I do? And you know what I, Know what he said to me? You didn't do anything. You suffer as I suffer. Amen. So he suffered much, much greater than me. 
And he still had the love inside of him to die for our sin. So who am I to complain about sickle cell? I deal with it. Mm. I deal with it and I keep it moving. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> Woo! That, that's, listener, that's a walking testimony for you right there. Put that in your bank. <laughs> so, roll that up and smoke it. Roll that knowledge up and smoke it. That's, that's some knowledge for you right there. Wow. Well, Brother Rob, you want to wrap us up? I, I think we hit the nail on the head. I, I think that um, recreational use, if it's going to take you away from God, your your relationship with God, if your marijuana usage becomes a sin by taking you away from God, the act of using it, not the euphoria, because once you're high, you're high. The When you go before you get high, you know you should be with God. You know you're supposed to be praying. You know you're supposed to be reading your word and fellowshipping with the Lord. If those things are keeping you away from God, then you believer are committing a sin. If you're a non-believer, you are already committing sins by being a non-believer. But, you know, as a believer, you are committing that sin if, if it's stopping you from being with the Lord and spending time with the Lord. So medicinal purposes, I get it. I really do. And since you brought up a good point, closing out here, you find morphine usage medically a lot in um, in in those homes where uh, people are not going to make it out of. When they send you to those places, you're you're not going to come back. That's it for you. Uh, I can't I can't remember what they call those. What do they call those? You know the hospice hospice centers. When you go to a hospice center you're not expected to come out of it. They don't tell you that when you go in. I've, I've been to quite a few visiting and um, they're all lovely places and they make, they make you feel very comfortable during your last moments on this earth in your, in your uh, human body. And they use a lot of morphine there to take the edge off these people's pains because most of them, when your body is dying, I can only imagine it, it's probably extremely, extremely, extremely painful. So to be able to take that edge off so that you could die with dignity, hey, amen, amen for that. And I, I want to thank those men and women that work in those industries. They, I couldn't do it. I, I, I love, love them for the fact that they can. So I pray that God continues to give them strength to continue their missions in those areas. So Amen to that. And, and on that note, we're going to wrap up our first episode of, I believe, the fourth season of DBSG, Discipleship Bible Study Group. Uh, thanks again, Sister Michelle, for joining us. Thanks again thank to uh, Brother Fred for uh, leading us in our discussion. And thank you, listener, for joining us. And listener, if you want to continue the conversation or if you want to see an extension of this conversation, please look on social media for our social presence. Uh, you can go to Facebook where there's a uh, Facebook page dedicated to the Bible study group, DBSJ, and leave your comments and suggestions there. And otherwise, have a great rest of your week and return next week for another profound, interesting, uh, provocating episode and discussion of the DBSG podcast. Thank you. And I'm going to uh, take us out in prayer, uh, listeners and, and DBSG family. Dear Lord, thank you, Father God, for allowing us to come together once again and to spread your good news, dear Lord, and talk about uh, some controversial subjects, not only in America, but in the world, in our homes, in our lives, in our workplaces. And dear Lord, we don't want to be afraid as a group, as a people, as a family, to talk about those things that are very sensitive in nature to all of us. So thank you, dear Lord, for putting this uh, group of strong believers together to go and fight and talk about those things that uh, the world at large and even your church doesn't even want to talk about. So thank you, dear Jesus, for putting us on this mission and giving us the strength and the courage to step out on faith 
and spread your good news. We want to pray for anybody that is suffering with chronic disease and pain, who may be dying and need certain medications and drugs to assist them in their daily lives and to help them uh, find peace with the finality of their present life. So we thank you, dear Lord, in all things great and small. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you and uh, we praise your holy name. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Amen, amen. Mm -hmm. Good evening, everyone.